Welcome to another episode of Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Let's get to the show. Man, it's been a bit. Feels like it's only been a couple days, but that was a heavy episode to get through uh, for me in particular. Yeah, it was a little heavy. Wasn't uh, thinking I was going to go that direction. But after that, after we talked last time, uh, we talked again over the phone and uh, you brought back up that whole uh, never ending story point that you made in the last episode and, and you added more context to it. And I thought it was super interesting what you said. And, you know, some of the people on here may not have seen the movie or remember the movie or remember that particular scene, but you came across a pretty good article about it. And uh, I, I just thought that maybe you should go over that real quick. Yeah, um, so the scene that we're referencing from last episode was where a uh, horse got stuck in what we called quicksand. It was mud, but either way, same same concept in this situation. Um, it's from The NeverEnding Story, so if you haven't seen it, go check it out because this is a really interesting one. But it made a lot more sense to the episode than maybe we let off uh, when talking about it last week. So here, I'll just give you guys a little bit of a synopsis of it. So the boy in the story's name is Atreyu, and his horse's name is Artex. So they were traveling to find um, a giant turtle named Morla, but to find this turtle, they had to travel across the Swamp of Sadness. And unfortunately, when one passes through the swamp, they're taken over by depressive thoughts and hopelessness. But Atreyu had this amulet that he was wearing that helped protect him from that. But his yeah. horse did not have any such thing. So as the horse started to succumb to the despair, he slowly began to sink into the mud. And um, Atreyu starts to realize this and then pleads with Artex to not give up. And what he says is actually really, really strong. And I think it can apply to us, too, as people. It says, you have to try. You have to care. You are my friend. You have to move or you're going to die. Don't quit, Artex. And the crazy thing is it's so true that when we get <clears throat> in those moments in our life of feeling stagnant, depressed, um, sad, anxious, all of those things, we tend to recluse and close ourselves in when really what we need, because it's how we were designed, is other people to be there to lift us back up. Yeah, and you and Ashley were kind of that force in my life to a certain extent, like not as drastically maybe, but there are for sure times where you y'all were wanting to go out and do something, and I'd be like, no, nah, I think I'm going to just stay in or something like that. If Jen wants to go, that's cool, but I'm I'm in. And you're just like, no, nah, dude, come on. You you can't just stay like this. You got. Well, I I guilt trip you. You guilt trip me, but <laughs> it works. <laughs> uh, if it works, it works, right? And and I and at the end of it, I think you usually you say something like, wasn't that a good idea, or didn't you have fun? And I'm just like, yeah, all right, I did. That's that's good. He doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> he never wants to admit when I have good ideas. <laughs> No, so it uh, it definitely was something that that struck a stronger chord than really um, 
we led to. It, it It's a really good scene and it's a really good depiction of what it's like to be stuck. Yeah. So. Which is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. So, since then, uh, I had my physical the other day. And it's funny because uh, I thought that I was doing really well. I thought I was going to kill it at the physical. I thought I was going to go in, give high fives, out the door, good, good job, keep it up type stuff. Because I've been losing weight, you know, and, and I've been working at it. And uh, it, it was at first, like in the office, the doctor was like, oh, wow, yeah, you're you're down, you know, 30 pounds. And, and you're looking great and stuff. And I'm just like, all right. You know, you got that pat on the back and don't 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 break your arm patting yourself on the back type feeling you know and so uh then you know it's like okay well let's go get your blood work done you know after after the in inpatient vitals and all that stuff she's like yeah everything checks out everything looks good let's get your blood work done and so i go to get my blood work done and just yesterday i got the results back and it turns out i'm not getting enough sun or vegetables and they're prescribing two new medications to me in order to Help me with my fatigue that I'm dealing with. Who would have thought that staying in on the couch watching movies, <laughs> you wouldn't get enough sun? I just didn't know that they could uh, put the energy of the sun into a capsule. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the vitamin that you get naturally yeah. from it. But yeah, that's funny to but think about that. You're going to be <laughs> eating the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Swallowing it. That doesn't sound healthy. <laughs> Sounds uh, like it burns. So they started me on, uh, the doctor started me on a couple new meds just to kind of, you know, folic acid and, uh, what was that? Uh, what's the sun? B vitamin D four D four. Yeah. So D four and folic is what they wanted to raise up in me. And they're, and that's supposedly supposed to help out with like the energy level that I've been fatigued with lately. So it's, it got me thinking though, uh, not necessarily right away, but pretty quickly, it got me thinking about that uh, scripture in Corinthians 6.19 about um, the body as a temple. Yeah. Um, if you want, I can read it real quick. Yeah. I've got the Bible open here. Uh, so it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. So what from this physical got you thinking about your body being a temple? You know, it's weird. I, d I don't know that I, f that I fully understand why I got thinking about that. It, because that's one of those passages that I've always kind of just sort of glossed over. Yeah. It's almost like for God's love of the world. Like I've heard it so many times. And it seems so basic and so straightforward that it's just like, okay, well, clearly they're saying like uh, exercise, don't smoke, and you know, do do healthy, make healthy choices, take care of like yourself, that. take care of yourself. And I felt, I felt like the past couple months I have been taking care of myself, right. but you know, it's just I've been better about what I'm eating. Really, I haven't really, I. I done a little bit of walking uh haven't really got into a, a true exercise routine kind of like reading the bible and praying for me you know those are things that i want to get better at but i'm just not there yet 
and I'm working on getting there. And so that's, that's where I guess the, the piece of the puzzle came together and clicked was like, Oh, wait a second on the outside to the doctor, everything looked fine. Everything checked out, pat on the back. Good job. See you next time. Let's go get that blood work at the church. I show up. Everything looks fine. I say everything's fine. They think that everything's fine. I show up at Bible study or whatever group I show up at and everything appears to be fine. But what am I doing internally to my body to make sure that everything's safe maintained? Just like with the vehicle, you got to go get that oil changed. If you don't get that oil changed, eventually you're going to burn out that engine. You know, and I haven't, I haven't been fueling my body with the prayer and knowledge of the, of the Bible that it needs. So you're not just talking food at this point. You're also talking spiritually. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the word of God food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we did touch on that a little bit at the end of uh, last episode too, where um, we talked about tidying up your house physically, but then we talked about tidying up our house as our house being the temple. Right. Right. And so how do we do that spiritually? Uh, yeah, the, again, not to beat this dead horse because I, I know I've said it a couple times now, but, but it really is for me. It's about, um, reading scripture and praying the same way that I breathe. Yeah. You know, like I don't have to think about eating. There are even times where it just, it's all that I think about because it, it's that, big of a desire inside of my body that I fill it and edify it in that way. Yeah. And so I, I have to believe that there's a, that, that I can get myself to a place to where spiritually it's like that, where, where if I go a day without praying or, or, or reading the, the word, I'm going to start starving. Well, think about the word that what we use for our house, right? Like, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about our bodies are a temple in the same sense, our bodies are a house for the Holy Spirit. We talk about a house as a dwelling, right? Mm-hmm. So we dwell in our house, our homes, our physical homes and places that we live. Do we dwell in him? That's that's a really interesting concept. We think about it and I I'm, can kind of use the analogy as well. You know, like so last year I got rid of my woodworking shop and put a gym in my garage. Yeah. You yeah, know, you and it's pretty impressive too. It's a pretty sweet gym. I spent time. I spent money. I, f- I figured, you know, I was like, might as well use something that's more useful to my life. I hadn't been to be able to be in the workshop recently, um, really for like two years. So I was like, let's put something in there that I'm going to use to better my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> December came. <laughs> now, mind you, I bought this stuff in like June. December came. Still hadn't used it. Right. And so I spent all this time setting all of this up to just not be using it. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, this is silly. So January, ever since then, I've now been using it on a regular basis. And I'm feeling better. I'm losing weight. You know, I'm I'm just all around just my body's feeling better. Right. And so in that same sense, when we are not in the word... You know, we ha- we have all the lessons that we've learned as Christians growing up mm-hmm. in the church, right? And we can have that as our foundation. That's that's us buying the gym equipment, 
right? Our spiritual salvation is us buying the gym equipment because we now believe in Christ and therefore we are saved in him. But what do we allow the spirit to do if we don't get involved in the Bible? Mm -hmm. And that's honestly where I need work too. I need to be getting involved in the Bible and I need to not just be working out physically, but also working out spiritually. Yeah. For me, the, you know, the, I guess the gym equipment was going back to church, you know, like it looks good. You've got a gym in your, in your garage. That's, you know, people come over and they're impressed when they see that, you know, uh, and it's just but kind then of, they're not impressed when they see me. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing when you go to church, though. You go into church and people are impressed, but then you start, you get to the point to where they they start asking you questions or or they start looking at you for answers to questions that they've asked in Bible study groups. And, and then they're not impressed when they see. And then you. they're not impressed. You know, it's just like they're like, oh, you're showing up, but you're not putting in the work when you're not here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. We talked a little bit last time about, you know, feeling like an imposter. You know, it's do, are we just playing the role of Christian or are we actually going all in? Mm -hmm. Now, for me, myself, I personally feel like, I'm not trying to sound egotistical here, but I, I feel like right now at this junction of my life, I'm probably at the most spiritually healthy I've ever been. And that wasn't just a snap of the fingers. Oh, I'm, I'm here for Jesus now. Yeah. It was a long road, you know, and I, I've talked about KOZ before on here. And two years ago, I got involved in Kids Outdoor Zone. And little did I know, walking in to that, I thought, here I am. I'm going to be teaching eight to 18-year-olds about the outdoors, about Jesus. But, man, I've learned more about myself and my walk with Jesus and how I wasn't walking with Jesus appropriately yeah. in those two years more than anything. And really one of the, one of the men at one of our events recently said it best is it's, it's a men's ministry that we minister to men, but we also minister to boys. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, how, how do we not feel like an imposter? How do we feel like we're, not just playing the role. And I think the only way to do that is to work out in our spiritual gym. Yeah, precisely. And that's kind of, it's kind of where I'm at ever since the physical. It's funny how just these everyday mundane things that we got to get through in life can be eye openers. Yeah. So how did you feel after listening over the podcast because i know after we did the podcast you were still very anxious and you had a lot of anguish in your soul like i can't believe i just did that type of thing yeah i asked you to edit it on your own because i didn't want to pick and choose what i liked and didn't like i wanted to trust on your judgment on that and uh yeah i did i did finally listen to it say like midnight last night <laughs> and i had intended to you know maybe fall asleep to it but it it was like it was like listening to a podcast that i'd never heard before like i wasn't even a part of it you know i i out of body experience type of thing sort of in a way like i do remember the talking points but it was still to me it was particularly interesting to listen to and i'm not trying to toot my horn here uh, but 
No, I think it's, I think it's very relatable. I think, you know, a lot of people deal with the frustrations of fatherhood. Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, parenthood, not just fatherhood, you know, and it's, it's how we respond in those moments. And if you think about it, you know, think about the word Christian, right? So Christian is basically a lengthened term of the word Christ. And Christ means uh, anointed. And so Christian means little anointed ones. Mm -hmm. And so to be a Christian, we're supposed to be these little anointed ones that act like Christ, but in those moments, because we're imperfect, we forget that. Yeah. So I I didn't mean to cut off your thoughts on what you thought about the episode, but... That just came to me. So it's uh, frustration is definitely one of my biggest enemies um, because I'm that microwave personality where I just want it as quick as possible. Uh, You know, if if I if I come to what I consider to be a revelation about about something in my life that that needs fixed or needs to be better. If it doesn't happen right away, I get discouraged and I feel like, well, maybe that's not exactly what I was supposed to go after or what I was supposed to strive for. You know, it's like, I don't know that I've ever really allowed myself to learn work ethics. The get a strong sense of it. You know, definitely not to the extent that my dad tried to teach me. I mean, my dad, he's got some amazing work ethics. He's hes definitely somebody to follow in his footsteps of. Um, and he definitely... So is it kind of like when the going gets hard, Nathan gets going? Yeah, kind of like, yeah, fight or flight, time to take off. Um, I know that there's... I would I would guess that there's there's a num- number of my family members that are like yeah sounds about <laughs> right <laughs> and and it's it's definitely um definitely one of my shortcomings that that I want to be stronger at I want to be better at and I and I that's an, another realization I've come over recently um, it's just like I'm always looking for the shortcuts in life. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for the easy way into stuff because I, I've, I guess I've always thought like, well, if it's meant to be, it's going to be easy for it to happen. You know, it started back. I don't know when it started exactly, but, but there are two points that really stick out to me. And one was like youth ministry. Like I got out of the youth group and it's like, okay, well I can't attend youth events anymore. And so the logical next step was, well, the, these young adults that are in college, are helping out with the youth group. So I'll just do that. And then I get to go along to the youth events still, you know, but this time I'm in kind of an authoritative role. This yeah. And I think, I think I did the same thing. Yeah. Like when I got out of youth, i still would go chaperone the beach trips and do those kind of things mm-hmm. because it's like, you're not ready to grow up. You're not ready to not be a kid anymore. You're not ready to stop having fun, if you will, and put in the work. Right. But I didn't realize at the time if I'm being honest, I don't think I realized at the time that I was also hoping to get a job in youth ministry by doing it this way. I thought 
okay, a youth minister typically lasts four to five years on average, in my opinion. This is, I don't know where I get those statistics from. Nathanstatistics.org. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, but in my, in my opinion, if I continue to work with these youth, I gain favor with the youth minister and the youth minister, you know, they meet with the deacons or whatever and the, the church committee and, and they say, Hey, look, I'm looking at leaving. Uh, I'm going to go over here. And they're like, okay, well, we got to find a replacement for you. Let's get that figured out. Then naturally the youth ministers could be like, actually, I know the perfect guy to fill my role. And that's where Nathan comes into play. Nathan Richards, come on down. Yeah. You're the next contestant on Be My Youth Pastor. Yeah. Get paid for ministry. And that's that's kind of, I, I, I had decided early on that I wanted to be paid for ministry. That's what I wanted my job to be. I wanted my job to be solely around church because I enjoyed the feeling I got while I was in church and not what I experienced outside of church. And that's because outside of church, I was living in the world. I had one foot in the world and then... On Sundays and Wednesdays, one foot in church. And I... You were a double agent. <laughs> I don't know about double agent, but I was definitely straddling the fence. Uh, and it was it was showing. And it got to the point to where I had to stop doing youth ministry. Uh, after years of, of going after it, I finally had to stop doing youth ministry. And... I didn't like that, so I just kind of backed away from the church quite a bit. I didn't stop going to church altogether at first, but I backed away from the church quite a bit because uh, my feelings were hurt. Oh, poor Nathan. We can get like a sympathy uh, insert here. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but it's also been the same way with work. Like I've worked in the uh, food in, in the service industry, and uh, I would get the get a job as a server because, you know, that's, that's a super easy job to get for the most part. And then I would figure, okay, I do the server job for, you know, four to six months. They're bound to need a manager at some point or a shift leader. Uh, if I, if I show that I'm competent enough to show up on a regular basis and do my job here, then they would obviously put me in a management position. And so I was always trying to force myself into particular situations by just being there yeah you know and not really putting in the work after i was there both youth availability is the greatest ability yeah that kind of mindset yeah figure if, if i'm there i'm seen i'm showing up on a regular basis filling up shifts and stuff like that you know that that why wouldn't they ask me to step up into the next possible position and then i'll have responsibility and and people will value me more and I'll get paid more and yeah it's just it's always been what's the easiest route possible for me well and it also sounds to kind of what we talked about last time too where it, it was a you know you were seeking respect and you were seeking title mm -hmm. as opposed to see which are things of the world as opposed to seeking things of the spirit and letting that guide you Letting, uh, you know, Jesus be your light in the darkness, that kind of thing. Does that sound right? Yeah. Wasn't there, you were talking about some, uh, the scripture about light and darkness. 
Yeah, that's uh, John 1.5. I think that I was referencing earlier today. And give me one sec. I will pull it up. Uh, John 1.5 just simply says, and actually I'm going to read this from the New King James Version because um, I really, really like the way that it says it. It says, And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And I thought that was really, really interesting because obvious, obviously we're talking biblical here. So the light and the darkness rep- represents good and evil. So that when you step into the world as a beacon of light, as we're supposed to be as Christians, the world doesn't understand us. The darkness can't comprehend the light mm-hmm. because they're not a part of the light. And it's it was just really powerful to read that. And I really like the way that the New King James Version puts it because it says, cannot comprehend it. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking about that. And it's like, you couldn't just sit in a pitch black room and say, man, I wish I, wish I could see. I wish the lights were on. And that all of a sudden happens. You've got to actually fumble around in the darkness and, and make trip over a couple things and make a few mistakes and touch the wall the wrong way a few times. And, and then you stumble across the light switch and, and then everything's illuminated all of a sudden. It's kind of that, that requires a trial and error and patience. And that's, those are the things. But the interesting thing you say about that, I'm going to use that as a perspective of salvation, right? Mm -hmm. So we're born in the darkness because we're born in sin. And we spend our lives, once we understand right and wrong, stumbling around looking for that light switch. And when we find that light switch, a.k.a. Jesus, mm-hmm. we're now saved. However, that doesn't mean we can't turn that light switch back off. We can't decide to live as a part of the world because we have been given that free will. So we can live as a part of the world and flip that light switch off. And then on Sundays and Wednesdays when we go to church, oh, let's flip that light switch back on. We're, look, Jesus, hey, we love him. But then let's go back and live in the world. And so that brings me to Matthew 7, uh, 18, where it says, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So we have to focus on what kind of fruit do we want to bear? Do we want to live a life in the light or do we want to live a light in the dark, life in the dark and bear bad fruit? And part of that also ties into who we hang out with, what we do. Mm -hmm. And in your situation, what we talked about last time, who you were hanging out with was your TV shows. You know, and it's like you weren't always watching the most uplifting, uplifting things. And so five percent of time, probably you were wrapping yourself up in things of the darkness. And so therefore your outward reflection also displayed that. Yeah. But now. Now I'm trying to keep that light switch on and I'm more aware of neglecting responsibilities i'm more aware of i should be doing this instead of this i i the few times i feel like i've been able to sit down and watch a show 
there's been, I don't want to say a sense of guilt that's come over me, but there's been a sense of, I could probably be doing something more productive than this. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I know I could be doing something more productive than this. Well, it takes time. Like I said earlier with my story of KOZ, right? Like it, it literally took me two years to go through that process to feel ready to truly bear my soul and let go of some sins I've been holding on to for a long time and truly repent of them. And I'm going to say truly repent again because there's times that we repent, but then we go back to that sin. Mm -hmm. So to truly repent, we're going to completely turn away from that. And it's not easy, you know, and it takes time. Um, you know, sometimes you may find yourself fall back in to those stagnant situations, but that, but now you have the tools to equip yourself to recognize that you're in those stagnant situations and get yourself out of them quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are definitely steps I'm trying to take. And I, you know, accountability is, is definitely a huge thing. I remember that going all the way back to Menchak Baptist, you know, with Pastor Tom Goodier. You know, he's just an amazing man of God that was just always, always challenging you to find an accountability partner. I thank God that I've got somebody like you in my life to kind of point it out to me and, and keep me accountable. I'm going to say thank you for that, but it's honestly, it's, it's not me as much as it is the spirit in me. Um, I just want to say that just for the listeners, because there's been a lot of times in my life where I wasn't that person that you could look up to either. I wasn't that person that could keep you accountable because I wasn't, I wasn't accountable myself for things that I was doing. Right. So until the spirit truly changes us, we can't be that for someone else. And fortunately, like I said earlier, I've, I've gotten to a spot right now where I'm feeling very, very connected with God and very mindful of the word so that it can allow me to be that for other people. Um, let's, let's circle this back around to then what we talked about a little bit earlier is how do we not feel like an imposter that we're just playing the role and actually live the role. And I think we've kind of been talking about that a little bit. Um, so let's talk about, how we tidy up the house, the spiritual part of our house. That's the temple of God. What do you think that looks like? Man. Um, Man. I think it, (laughs) I think it means doing exactly what you did last episode. Um, what I did, uh, earlier this year with my KOZ brothers and then, did on episode one and that's that's bearing your soul man it's letting go it's admitting your faults it's saying i can't do this alone Mm -hmm. that i need jesus's help and then once you can say that it's way easier but even at that when the the scripture says and i'm not exactly sure at this moment where it's at so i'm going to just go off memory But the scripture says when we confess to one another, then it's even better, right? So, you know, when you look at Catholicism, that's where you have confession. When you look at the Protestant sect, we talk about accountability partners. That's what you were going into a while ago. So there's been times in my life 
where, you know, I, so I talked about pornography in episode one, and that mm-hmm. was a struggle that I had dealt with for a long time. And I think, think the Lord have not dealt with that in months now, but there has been many times along the way where I've confessed that in a group of people. Mm-hmm but then went back to doing it again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is that accountability. Having people in your life that you know you can depend on, you know you can keep, that will keep you accountable no matter what. And like I said with KOZ, it took me two years to be like, yeah, I need to give this up and I can trust these guys. And I can trust these guys to keep me accountable. And so far it's worked. Yeah, I mean, for that matter... Yeah, as far as tidying up your house and all that stuff is concerned. Yeah, I mean, going to church, that's obviously numero uno to, to do. You know, like you're, you go there. It's a tool. But on Sundays and whatnot. But, you know, that what, what else are you doing throughout the week? And for me, I've found that going to a, Bible stu- a men's Bible study, uh, I just found recently, uh, is super helpful. And keeping me motivated keeping me going and, and interacting with more men of the church. Uh, I, I've mentioned before that I'm usually the type of person that once church is over, I'm grabbing my wife and kids and trying to just get out of there. So I don't have to really have a fake, a false conversation with somebody, you know, that I don't really know too well, but now that I've gotten to know leaders of the church and I'm starting to get to know some of the men in the church, it, this last Sunday, I didn't really feel a strong desire to just run out of the church, you know? So I think that definitely who you surround yourself with and what you're choosing to do with your time away from the church helps you in the church. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you feel more comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. because you're no longer, you're, you're starting to look away from those worldly things Mm-hmm. And you're starting to look towards those spiritually things. And so when you're comfortable in the spirit, you're comfortable in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to be confident in yourself. Because the evil one doesn't want us to be confident. He wants us to be that recluse that's sitting on the couch that doesn't go anywhere, or talks to anyone. Because you know what? If you're doing that, you can't be talking about Jesus to other people. Mm-hmm. because all you're doing is sitting on that couch. So nobody else can come to the kingdom of God through you because you're sitting there being stagnant exactly where he wants you to be. Yeah. But when you're feeling the spirit and you're filling yourself in that way, you just want to explore it and you just want to get out there and share it with other people. I myself have always been the type of person that's like, I've never been called to the mission field. You know, that's not where I'm going to do. I'm not going to go, you know, overseas and tell people about Jesus. I believe that when you think that you have to do that, that you're cutting God's power short because God can reach us in infinite amount of ways. Yeah. And that's always been my viewpoint. But now here I am doing a podcast, trying to reach out to people and tell them about Jesus. Because... Now my spirit has gotten right. So therefore my heart is like, man, I want to share this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an awesome feeling, man. It's something that I never thought I could do 
something that I never thought I was worthy of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my, my life's not exciting enough to tell people about Jesus. But the real fact of the matter is that Jesus is exciting enough to tell people about Jesus. Yeah, I definitely never, I mean, I've definitely always been intrigued with the whole YouTube and podcasting world and always thought, oh yeah, that'd be a fun and cool thing to do, but just never actually put it in action and doing a a Christian-based podcast, I really didn't ever see happening for me. Uh, Well, and even even like I talked about with the evil one trying to keep you stagnant on that, right? Like even when we first started this, mm -hmm. you had hesitations. You had hesitations that were in your own head saying, oh, well, Josh isn't serious. He's not serious about this. We're not going to keep doing this. Are you serious, Josh? For real? You're not just going to bail on me and this is going to be something that changes over time. You know, so even in your own head, you were doubting that, right? Mm -hmm. But then today, earlier today, I called you and I was like, hey, I'm going to be done with what I'm doing a little early. Do you want to come over and prep for the show? And you were here in like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then here we are again recording. So it's like that mentality as we're getting in the spirit is changing that we're no longer having those doubts. We're no longer having those fears and we're ready to just bear our souls and talk about Jesus and hopefully it helps somebody else. Yeah. I'm just taking it day by day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I, want to just kind of like charge the listeners with and really charge ourselves with is I was reading a book that I have on the shelf over there before you came, just trying to gather some thoughts and um, one of the chapter titles was try to be a living gospel. And I modified that a little bit and said, try to be a living representation of the gospel Mm -hmm. because I think the gospel is Jesus. So for us to be a representation of that means that we need to live like Christ. So that means following the greatest commandment. And what is the greatest commandment, Nathan? To love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So, the greatest way that we can be a representative of the gospel is to, in every situation that we encounter, show love. And so, that's my charge to you, Nathan Richards. Mm -hmm. That's the charge I give myself. And that's the charge I give to you, the listeners is to just go out and love someone this week. Go out and show someone the love that you know Christ would show. The love that Christ has already shown you by giving up his life on the cross for all of your own sins. Thank you for listening to Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch all of our new episodes. And please leave a review to help other people find our podcast.